Hi there, and welcome. This is the All is Fair in Love and Rev Par podcast, a podcast designed for hoteliers by hoteliers. Learn how to elevate your hotel's revenue and experiences with new best practice tips. With vast experience with different brands and independent hotels, your host Haley Whiting will create different weekly topics about the hotel industry to help you and your hotel achieve your definition of success. The topics and guest speakers will vary from week to week to give you a well-rounded experience. Without further ado, here's your host, President of Hospitality with a Flair and Travel Blogger, Haley Whiting. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me again here on All is Fair and Love and Rev Part. I am so excited today. I have a special guest host from BLLA, the COO and partner, Ariella. Ariella, welcome. Thank you, Haley. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. You're so fun. Thank you. So I know a lot of you may not know what BLLA means, and I just realized that as I said that. So that actually brings me to the first question. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about BLLA, how it got started, what you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. So number one, I run BLLA with my amazing mother. We're called the Mother-Daughter Duo Boutique, and we have a lot of fun together. Uh, she started BLLA back in 2009, but the original plans for it was about 2002 is when she put a business plan together because what happened was that, you know, this is 20, 20 years ago, she would notice, you know, Kimpton before it got bought by IHG, JDV before it was long before it was high or anything like that, they didn't have a home to go to. And with the big brands, we know about their distribution power and um, the resources that they would offer their hotels. They said, well, how can we keep our independence? So my mom created BLLA officially in 2009, launched in London at World Travel Market. And from there, it's just grown and blossomed. Our original name was the Boutique and Lifestyle Lodging Association. And then in about 2017, we started noticing that there were so many similarities between boutique hotels, boutique coffee shops, different kinds of boutique concepts from their design to how they train their team to even revenue management in many ways of how they would market themselves. But most importantly, it was the same customer. And it's something we're working on. <laughs> we said that in 2017, the industry went, huh, what? I don't get it, but they're starting to understand it. But anyways, going back, um, so BLA has grown. We have a really amazing membership community. We work with uh, amazing hotels all around the world, as well as solution providers in our marketplace that are approved um, that our hotels can basically shop at. So that's how we gather our community. We have town hall meetings, and it's really a great place for people to ask questions and get to know each other, because that's what our industry is about. It's a people industry, which is why I love it. And then going a little bit forward, we started doing events, conferences. Uh, we're most known for our boutique hotel investment conference, the first Wednesday of every June. Of course, that is digital for the time being. And then BLLA created Stay Boutique. It's a trademark name. It is a B2C discovery platform and hotel direct hotel booking platform. And it's really fun. The cherry represents the boutique community. It's really, it's really cool. And last but not least, uh, my mom and I, we run Boutique Money Group together, which is a part of the BLA family, where we do some awesome matchmaking for uh, new hotels and hotels getting developed. So 
that's kind of the quick consensus. That is amazing. And I just want to plug here quickly. So I became a vendor of BLA last year and I attended your first digital summit. I was hoping it was going to be in person because I saw those amazing videos and pictures and I was like, okay, we'll, we'll do the digital conference thing. And oh my God, I, I couldn't sleep. Like it was so well put together. There was so many different topics. I love how you had the different courses. Like, you know, there's one that was more of an ops direction and then there was more of an investor direction, mm -hmm. which I just thought it was great. It was wonderful. And I mean, I was just floored and you guys did an amazing job with it. And of course, everybody, I'm going to put some links down here so you guys can check out BLA. They are amazing and wonderful. I just, I can't say enough. And I hope my daughter feels that way with my business, <laughs> like <laughs> your mom. Um, I hope that is the case for me. Um, so you. I, <laughs> you're welcome. So I brought you on because, you know, I feel like we're all sick to death of talking about it, but I think with the boutique community, with how special they are not during a pandemic, I think that's even more so the case during a pandemic. Um, what have you noticed the climate being like for boutique hotels getting through this pandemic, looking to the future, any kind of changes, trends? Well, first of all, we're going to see a lot of change in ownership, um, definitely as PPP is running out. It's something that's indefinite. Um, it's, you know, it hasn't been all roses. It's, you know, we have had members who have completely shut down, but I think the difference between the boutique side, truly independent and boutique, and then the big brand side was that the independent boutiques had a lot of flexibility and you saw them being the innovators, the ones leading and being trailblazers about how to adapt, pivot. I know we've heard that word way too often, but adapt, pivot, <laughs> shift and all that good stuff. But you didn't really see the big brands doing that. You saw the independent boutique hotels doing it because they didn't have, you know, some big corporate office telling them what they can and cannot do because we know with the big brand, they kind of, they lure you in, they say, no, we're not going to control you. And then about year to two years in, you see your bottom line, you can't do this, you can't do that. And you're stuck in a 10 year agreement. So good luck. So we're noticing a lot of independent hotels um, doing a lot better in terms of marketing as well. And especially with local travel, people are really careful about how they spend their money, right? With all of the unemployment, if you're going to spend money, you're, it's, it's going to be something really, really phenomenal. And now they want to know, where does my money go? So it's about, I, we're going to see a big movement in transparency. It's not just in hospitality. It's in every single industry. It's going to be the new thing. And of course, truly independent boutique hotels will come out the winners there. And they're always the one who, they're the ones that aren't afraid to do things differently. And the travelers are truly going to relate to that. And we all know that Gen Z, I'm a Gen Z, I'm first year Gen Z. And that is so important to us is about, you know, the, the artisans of the world and entrepreneurs, and they really value the backstory behind hotels. And it's not like, yeah, we made this hotel to make money. No one, they don't want that. And a lot of the millennials as well. And I think maybe all over all generations, this COVID, it's shifting our mentality. We've gone through such a crisis as a community, when I say a community, I mean the entire world. And we're just going to see a lot of things change. I'm not saying the big brands are not going anywhere. I mean, uh, and not that they're going anywhere because they're, they're not going anywhere. We know that. 
But the biggest thing right now is to celebrate those that are truly independent as well as those who supported them. The lenders, the investors who have for a long time supported and been a part of boutique hotels. So that's what we're seeing. Yeah, I can definitely agree with you. I think that I kind of have been calling it like purpose-driven mm. travel in a way, because, you know, I think us, all of us going through this as a community, like you said, you know, I think there were so many more people that were so sensitive to making sure, you know, that local coffee shop mm -hmm. stays open. I know where I live, I have this little cafe that is run by a woman. It's just her. She makes her own breads, bagels, okay. and everything. She's it, like, it only sits 12 people inside, but you know, like everybody did so much takeout, you know, like everything, everybody I think was just so cognizant mm -hmm. to that. And I think when they're spending their money, like you say, you know, they want it to be purposeful. And I mean, one of the things I fell in love with boutique hotels and, you know, my last role, I did training on how to sell and support boutique hotels and that revenue generation standpoint. And I used that little Caesars pizza commercial that was just like, there's no rules. Because <laughs> <I love> it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And I mean, like, and it allows you to be creative and, you know, going through the vendors that you have too, like there's so many people that can help mm -hmm. you be creative, create that authentic, you know, purpose-driven footsteps. Absolutely. So kind of speaking to that, what do you think is key in making a boutique hotel successful? Like say one that's, you know, either changing over or one that's in new development coming kind of, you know, almost out of this post-COVID time frame. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I'm going to say is it's not a formula. And that's what the, a big brand will never understand because what they do is they take anything that they think makes money and makes it into a formula. Unfortunately for them, a boutique hotel will not last as a boutique hotel. It can just be a hotel. It's okay. Uh, but as truly boutique, cause it's not a formula. Each hotel and what makes it boutique is that unique and original aspect, that purpose behind it. Um, another thing that makes a boutique hotel really successful is understanding that design isn't everything. Now, design is extremely important, and boutique hotels have gathered the most talented minds in the design world to design their hotels, but somehow that became the defining factor, like, oh, if you were cool and you had great design, you were boutique, or the other way around, because I'm under 100 rooms, I'm boutique. And as you know, with BLA, we're completely getting rid of those stereotypes. And um, one thing that we see a lot of hotels miss is training. Like they forget about the customer service and like training your staff part of it. Again, it's like, I want a cool hotel, but that's not hospitality. Hospitality is phenomenal customer service. I'll never forget working at Montage. And they were obsessed with like, you have to Whoever you encounter, a guest you encounter, you have to provide a good memory. Overhear their conversations. And if a little girl said, oh, I really wanted this teddy bear from the toy shop, you have uh, our permission, take, you know, we'll reimburse you, go buy the teddy bear, surprise it for the child. That's what I learned at Montage and it was the most phenomenal training. Another thing we tend to forget is the true nature of hospitality. Hospitality, you're basically opening your doors to someone's house. It really, you know, when you talk to true and authentic hoteliers where this is their life and it provides so much meaning for them, they will always say this. Oh, I started a hotel because I loved hosting dinner parties 
And then I really wanted to transform that to an overnight experience. And they, whatever they do at the boutique hotel, it's welcoming their guests to their home. And that's the beautiful uh, part of it. So I think, I know I kind of went what not to do, but it's just important things that I think get so forgotten and missed um, with new builds that we see these days. And also understand if you're new to this, you know, my biggest advice is to find like a veteran of like who has done this so many times because hospitality, it can look really easily easy to build a hotel, but it is the most complicated. It's really stressful, um, but it can provide a lot of fulfillment in your life, but it's not as easy as it looks. And there's so many like more traditional parts like the training, revenue management, you know, sales, marketing, all that, that doesn't have to do with how cool it looks that we forget. And it's um, a really important part for the success and short-term and long-term success for an authentic boutique hotel. Absolutely. And, you know, the word that I love hearing you say is experience. You know, and I've told some of my listeners before, when I sat in my first hospitality 101 class in college, my professor, who was the dean of the department, said, you know, we have this unique opportunity of not selling a tangible product. We sell an experience. Mm, and, it's, and it's just something that like has stuck with me forever. It's, you know, it's all about that experience. And I think, you know, everybody that's in this industry, you love to make people happy. Like, we're, you know, we're people pleasers. We, we want that, you know, happiness. That's what we thrive off of. So one of the things you touched on was design. And I totally get where you're coming from, because a lot of people have that connotation that, you know, because it, you know, has this mid-century modern, yeah. you know, yeah. industrial look or this or that, <laughs> that it's, you know, luxury, therefore it's boutique. I mean, does boutique always mean luxury? Definitely not. So we have, boutique has grown so much. And it's just so funny because I remember interning with my mom in 2009 and like having to convince people about how profitable and how phenomenal boutique is. Now it's like the total opposite because we got to filter it. And one of the ways that we're doing it is that we have 14 boutique hotel categories. Luxury, guess what, is one of 14. Yes, you heard me, one of 14. <laughs> so there are so many different kinds of boutique hotels from boutique on a budget. Examples are generator hostels, which... I call it the generator boom because they completely disrupted what a hostel is. And it's so interesting and phenomenal. Um, there's adventure boutique. So collective retreats, they have really, um, oh, he's going to kill me, but I don't know what else to say. Glamping. <laughs> they don't like when you use the word glamping. I remember I was talking with Peter, the founder of collective retreats, and he was like, don't yeah. use, and Luca Franco, luxury frontiers. And they're like, don't you dare use the word. <laughs> sorry guys um there's so many different kinds there's classic boutique boutique bed and breakfast so it's all on our website but luxury luxury is also having its really big uh like how do you define it moment and it really started with schrager of course with public because he called it a luxury hotel but there wasn't a check-in and the rooms are smaller but then the industry and the travelers accepted it as a luxury hotel, which is really fascinating. Yeah, I agree with that. And sometimes I think that whole situation almost led to 
that confusion, I think, for the re- regular, like middle of the road market mm-hmm. to get confused kind of between that four and five star classification too. It's like, well, what's that, yeah. <laughs> you know, true, true difference. Cause everybody's definition of luxury can be different mm-hmm. as well. Exactly. Absolutely. So what do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions about boutique hotels? Oh, there's so many. Um, one that it's only for young travelers, which could not be farther from the truth. There's, okay, there's a category that we're probably going to rename it, but it's called hipster boutique, like Ace Hotel, <laughs> um, the Huxton. Yes, the demographic is younger, but again, there's 13 other categories that cater to all generations. Um, one thing I actually, uh, Haley, I think you heard me touch on this on the clubhouse session last week, which, which was one of um, my favorite coffee shops for coffee roasters. We were talking to the founder, Colby Barr, and he was saying, it's really annoying how people think that if you have a boutique coffee shop or a boutique hotel or whatever it is, that you're a struggling entrepreneur who can't pay their bills and is really dirty. And there's a whole study on this. It's called the artisan's dilemma. And um, the industry still treats it a bit like that when you're not a part of a soft brand, they're kind of like, oh, you, oh, you're not, you're not part of a soft brand. Oh, you really must be struggling right now. And it's like, uh, yeah, no, I'm not paying those commissions. What are you talking about? Like (laughs) no one is controlling me and I'm not giving away like half my soul and my money to someone else who does not care about me or my hotel. So that's, so that's one. Um, and, and the other thing, it's what we already talked about. It's, I'm a boutique hotel because the hotel is really cool. I'm a boutique hotel because it's small and it's just stereotypes that if we don't define them, this boutique will, will be a trend and we don't want it to be a trend. Why? Because trends die. They may have a resurgence, but they die. We don't want this. This is not a trend. This is a movement, but there are obstacles that we have to get over to ensure that it continues to be a movement and not a trend. Absolutely. Cause I think, you know, some of the things that people say, cause you see like every big brand has their quote boutique line, trying to capture that travel. And I mean, in reality, you know, like a boutique hotel, say from like Hilton is really no different than a regular Hilton, you know, conference style hotel. It just, nice you know, design. has an edgier, less cookie cutter look. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Like the just, it's not about the design, and that. So that's why that's actually why we created Stay Boutique was that it was great that we were training the industry, but it was actually more important. It is more important to train the travelers that they understand and where you know they're putting their money. Um, They need to understand that, like, just because Sheraton is. I forgot. What is that? The beige campaign. I forgot. I think it's the beige campaign. And someone's like, "Wow, Sheraton's so cool now." And it's like, yeah, they just like hired a cool designer, but like everything else is the same, everything. So um, I think we're, well, we're going to, through State Boutique, we're going to continue training the traveler and understanding what boutique hotels have had to go through for so many years and what the difference is between a boutique hotel, a boutique soft brand that we call branded boutique, and then just a big brand, what the difference is. Because if we can get the traveler to understand, then we will definitely see a lot of lot more choosing the independent boutique because they're kind of getting duped with the other categories thinking that it's a yes. experience, but it's not fully. Now, some soft brand hotels do it 
phenomenally. Like they, I don't, I don't know why they're a part of a soft brand. And I think a lot of them will leave it eventually, but they truly are authentically boutique, but a lot of them just opened. That's where we see a lot of people choose a soft brand is with new developments because they get scared, right? Like how to bring in the first wave of customers. But then what we do notice is about three years in, they see their bottom line, they go, what the heck am I doing? And they figure out a way to get out of it. So that's, we, we actually see that a lot. So I'm not bashing anyone who's a soft brand, but you know, you just have to know that there are other options. And um, yeah, they're amazing. There's phenomenal uh, boutique hotels that are a part of soft brand. I'm just trying to entice them to go independent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think, you know, I've worked with branded hotels and, and they, they have their place, like they have their traveler, you know, that they cater to, um, you know, and sometimes it works easier to work with, you know, a chain rep, if you're a big company, say like AT&T, Verizon, to try to loop things together. And it has its place, you know, I think with other things, but, you know, people, like you said, I think it's so afraid because they're like, oh my God, how am I going to get customers in the door mm-hmm. if, you know, I'm not having a, you know, a Hilton.com yep. associated with me. And then, you know, I see them get frustrated after the fact because then they're paying this big franchise bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's like, well, what am I getting for this franchise bill? You know, I know I've lit up a few <laughs> franchise reps myself for branded hotels that I've worked with. I'm just like, they pay you thousands of dollars. Like, mm-hmm. You you need to help at least, you know, kind of with an independent and boutique hotel, you know, it's on you and there's other people out there that specialize either revenue management, sales, whichever that can help you, like really make a boutique without you giving up, you know, some of your say. Exactly. And that's why we have that marketplace, which we're going to grow. We we had something called the Grand Bazaar. That's what we're going to call the marketplace in 2013. (laughs) My mom was like really into it. It had like a whole like Moroccan theme. I don't know what we'll do, but that's what we're building is that there are these other solution providers. So if that's what you're all about, you know, we have it. Um, but one thing that we are working on strategic partnerships at the moment, it'll take a while to create is how do you compete with the distribution? That's where you go. Ooh, I don't know. Um, and we are definitely working very hard to have an answer for that. Oh, absolutely. I think you and I are probably going to have to talk offline about that because I got a nice checklist. <laughs> oh, let's definitely let's talk. There's the direct booking initiative, which State Boutique is a part of, of course. Um, but I think there's other ways that we can go about it. You just have to be strategic. I think it's all about strategy more than anything. So definitely let's talk, Haley. And I think that's going to lead into this next question is, you know, what recommendations do you have for boutique properties to make it through this pandemic? I know we kind of touched on, you got to have, I mean, in my opinion, you got to have that proactive effort at all times. Like, you know, especially coming from a sales background, like, yeah, your, you know, your clients may not, your corporate clients may not be coming right now, but still staying on top of them, seeing how their travel trends are going to change is one of the biggest things I talk about. What about you? What other recommendations would you have? Well, one thing is don't forget about a travel advisor because that's having a comeback like crazy, especially when you look at the luxury side. Yes. (laughs) Make sure you keep your relationships. It's like people think of travel agents as like in the nineties. And for some reason that, that like picture of like a travel agent in the nineties is still in their brain. And it's not that at 
all. Um, so one thing is work with travel advisors, which Haley, you know, um, we just did a partnership with IATA and we're going to be bringing boutique hotel awareness to 150,000 travel advisors. Travel advisors are the new name for travel agents, for those of you that don't know, yeah. uh, and they're all around the world. So that's number one. Number two is keep staying flexible because that's what got you through COVID and that's what's going to get you out of it. Um, always consider all options. So, you know, if being a hotelier is not your calling anymore, we get it. You know, go to a big brand, you got to sell. We understand that. Um, but if this, if you've realized that this is your true calling as a hotelier, um, then just con consider you like you, you have other options to stay independent. What happened was that we see a lot of monopoly in advertisements as well. And, you know, with the publications too, they're, you know, Wyndham does this and Marriott is there for you and Hilton is there for you as an independent. And it's just kind of hogwash. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, I know that's <laughs> really going out there, but like, I'm not afraid to say it. So, but again, we work with a lot of phenomenal boutique hotels that are part of the soft brand that are in the BLA program because we approved them. We went through everything. Um, and it's just mainly what it is. It's passionate owners that what we were talking about before kind of felt like on the distribution side, the big brand could really help. Um, the other thing is don't be afraid to ask for help either. Um, find communities, find friends, find people that you can talk strategy with too. Like don't look at the hotel next door's competition anymore. Look at it as a way of how you guys can work together. Um, Haley, you also know this with BLLA, we're really trying to enforce the community essence and really trying to get people to ask questions. What problems are you having? Because guess what? I can guarantee you there's another person having the exact same problems. And um, that's another way that boutique hotels will be able to keep their independence is not being afraid to ask for help, con consistently searching for communities and also staying in the know look at travel trends, you know, read, go to every conference you can, webinar, um, webinars with a good track record, because there's like a lot of them, but ones that you really believe would be valuable, because if I, if I said go to every webinar, that's all you'd be doing all day, <laughs> but um, those would probably be my top tips. Absolutely, and you know, kind of like you said, I mean, between the, uh, you know, BLA, like, community on your site that, you know, I've read in, I've posted in, that community is wonderful. I'm obsessed with Clubhouse yeah. right now. <laughs> like I spent, I like the last couple of weeks, I've spent way too much time on Clubhouse. Like I'm always listening to something, but you know, like you said, like thinking outside the box, getting with those travel advisors, my best friend is one. And, you know, also remembering when you're picking a travel advisor and who you're catering to, you know, pick somebody that also matches your mm -hmm. brand. Like, you know, he talks about how people, you know, will come to him and be like, oh, well, Costco is offering me X amount of onboard credit or, you know, resort credit. And he's just like, but Costco is not going to be there for you at 6 p.m. when you're checking into the hotel, you're having problems or whatnot. He's like, I am. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's like part of like a bigger brand, but he's like individualized. I, I love that that's becoming a comeback. Yeah because I think it's so important. And, you know, I remember during your BLA digital summit, I talked with uh, Robert Blood from Love Mark him. Hotels. And he's so amazing. <laughs> um, and we talked about, you know, how, you know, you have to look, you know, stay, you know, active and, you know, be willing to look around at something different. Like, you know, your sales strategy might be changing. 
like who you're marketing to, like you need to shift. And like you said, pivot (laughs) Um, and go after, you know, possibly something different, you know, to keep the doors open. Um, The last question I have for you before we wrap up here is what are some good resources that BLA has for hotels that may be wanting to go from brand to independent or build? Like what's, you know, kind of in the website, in the portal, um, things you're working. I know we glanced on some of those, but some of your favorites. Yeah. So one is courses and that we have in the portal. And it's actually really beautiful because it's community members giving back to community members. All of these courses have been written by fellow members that have spent so many hours building and they're giving it away to the members to help them. And those that are building the courses, they make up what we call the Boutique Strong Council. It's a part of our big campaign called Hashtag Boutique Strong. And um, they're the most phenomenal people. We get together every month. And now for our theme for 2021 is how do we help branded hotels go independent for BLA to be resourced. So we have partnerships set up that we're working on Um, One is, so when a boutique hotel goes for funding, the bank isn't, so when the bank asks, so why aren't you part of a brand? They have uh, PDFs and resources to give the bank saying here, here's how I can make more money by not being a part of a big brand. So a lot of these numbers and data um, to prepare um, owners when they're going to find funding. That's one really big thing we're working on. And then just building on the courses. We, we are, finalizing um, some potential partnerships. Well, one is we we did finalize a really cool partnership with James Cook University in Singapore. Um, so that's really cool. We'll be making an official announcement on that soon, but we are going to be building an actual degree for boutique hospitality. You don't talk about big brands. It's just about boutique. And that is really cool. They also have a campus in Australia. And then we are working on um, more... I guess, intense courses as well. So we'll always continue the courses that the council has made, but then also find um, professors and instructors to also give back and create different kinds of um, certificate programs for our hoteliers. So it's really about education. And then again, it's that whole place where you can ask a question like, hey, I need this. Hey, you know, I'm considering going to design hotels. Anyone tell me why I should or should not? You know, there's just this place where you can ask questions and that's really the those are the biggest things it's the connection and then it's the education and with the education it's not just about finding money but designing sales and marketing branding revenue management training everything so that you also um have a good sense of what it's going to be like going down that road we're also working on big case studies of hotels that actually have already done that said publicly, I'm leaving the big brand, which we saw, I think we saw two or three just last week um, and I'm going independent. So we're reaching out to them um, to see if we can work with them on some case studies so that also hoteliers are more prepared. If they do choose to go down that road, they know what's coming. Absolutely. Well, Ariel, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm going to link your information and everything BLA down below. I really appreciate it. And you guys make sure you check it out. It's BLA.org. They are amazing. And until next time, I will see you next week here on All the Fair and Love and Red Power. Thank you, Ariella. Bye, Haley. Talk soon. Thanks.